0: Hello, listeners. This is Grace. I'm your host for the podcast Money Smart PhD. Um, And today we're just going to be talking about our experiences as people who are new to um, the country. Uh, I also have my husband, who is Dr. Stephen Kogel. Um, He's American, I'm Kenyan. He's going to be talking about his experiences as well. Hey, you want to give Listen as a shout out,
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, it was weird that my wife introduced me as Dr. Stephen Kogel. Uh, she doesn't call me that normally. Uh, she calls me better and worse things, so um, yes, uh, excited to talk about this today. Um, yeah, so what, what are we talking about today so what's the the first question here?
0: So the first question that uh, I'd like for you to answer because you came to Kenya uh, with me for the first time in 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it was more fresh for you because you were there for like a couple of weeks while I've been here in the U S since 2012. Mm -hmm. So what was the first thing that stood out to you? Uh, this could even include the ride on the plane, everything that was new (laughs) to you. The first thing.
1: Right. Yeah. It, It is, it is pretty fresh. Uh, and one of the reasons it's really fresh is because, uh, While I was in Kenya, your mother, who uh, is uh, an English literature professor, um, she was very curious on my take of the the country, and so she asked me to maybe write down my experiences. And, uh, you know, 80,000 words later, I had uh, written a small novel about a week's worth of time. And uh, so, yeah, so not only did I live it first, I also... Chronicle a little bit, very thoroughly. Um, so yeah, so I, I do remember all of it because uh, it's all written down. Uh, the The first experience that I can picture very clearly was the the trees. Um, you know, it was like the first time I'd really been out of the states. I'd been to I think Canada before that. I think we stopped in Germany. Uh, so this is like the first like international trip I had taken and for some reason I had never seen trees like that and they just, it was the most vivid thing of, you know, I just, that was the first realization I wasn't in a place I had been before. It was just like those, uh, those big flat trees, uh, were just everywhere. <laughs> uh, that and the, um, the, uh, uh, the security crew, um, working in the airport, <laughs> they all had automatic weapons. All the police did. They, they had very large rifles. Uh, so that was a little intimidating. Um, because, you know, you get to a place and you're you're a little nervous, regardless of where you're going. You're always going to be a little nervous. And so when, you know, they have, they're heavily armed. Because uh, Americans don't like to travel, usually. We're like, we like to stay in our safe little zone. So. <laughs> so when we get out, we get really nervous because we're worried about, like, being in trouble or something. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: For me, the very first thing that was new when it came to the U.S. Oh, oh,
1: oh I'm sorry, I am supposed to ask you the question. What was um, what was the very first thing that spoke uh, jumped out at you uh, other than me when you first got to the United States?
0: <laughs> yes, you are big and tall. Yeah. Uh, Steve is six foot six and uh, over two fifty pounds, so yes, he's very prominent. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he jumped out at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the first time I saw you, I was in a lab of. Uh, it was a, a lab of very small people. Uh, like everybody in the lab was very tiny. <laughs> Except yes. for me, just like in this like really undersized lab coat. <laughs> so I met you, at Doctor Lowe's lab, yeah. 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 So what was the first thing that jumped out to you?
0: So as soon as I showed up and uh, I arrived in the U.S., hmm. everybody was asking me how was my day, and then moving on really fast. Like they would smile and move on. I'm like, oh my goodness.
1: Oh. Um, I've got yeah. a lot
0: to say about my day, but like, they left. And then they would stand really far, and I felt like I had to yell. And people yelled a lot. And then they would also say, I remember a lot of people would say that they had hearing problems. (laughs) So so, (laughs) as soon as I arrived, people talked really loudly.
1: Right.
0: And then I think Americans like to keep a distance. Ah. Hashtag social distancing. (laughs) Right. So that was very new yeah nobody would sit too close to you but then they were very friendly at the same time and then they talked loudly yes (laughs) so that kind of made me realize oh my goodness i am not in kenya
1: (laughs) gosh yeah i I didn't really think about that Uh, the uh the the rhetorical question as like it's a question that meant to be uh obviously rhetorical yeah questions that we ask that aren't really meant to be answered like how's it going and somebody will reply rather than saying, "Oh, it's going great." Most people say, "How's it going? How's it going back?" <laughs> you know, they answer a question with a question. You know, it's it's the way of saying hello, I guess. But uh, I've done that before. Yeah. But <laughs> that, you that keep would going? Be, huh?
0: You ask that question and then you just keep going.
1: Right. You don't really want the answer. You, you don't really want to know how say, how it is going. You just want to say hi, and then instead of saying hi, you you ask a question. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and uh what what was the next thing that um stood out to you while you were in kenya
1: um well, the next thing that stood out to me in kenya um well you know I just chronologically uh you know your dad's driving was uh astounding to me <laughs> um he he I, I think that was when we hit that speed bump there was a speed bump on the highway oh, uh, gosh, I, I had yeah. never seen that before it was uh, this we hit a speed bump going, I think, 40 or 50 miles an hour. And, you know, I bonked my head. <laughs> I hit my head a lot on that trip. Yes. Uh, yeah. I suppose yeah. I do remember most of it. But, yeah, there was a... you pretty speed tall. Bump. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the way your dad drove was very, very aggressive. Uh, <laughs> but he was, you know, he never hit anything. He was always just inches. Like, he just, like... He would go, like, it was amazing how fast he would go and how close he could get, but he never hit anything, like, how precise (laughs) he was about it.
0: Your heart Uh, was in your mouth the whole
1: time. Yeah, I was just kind of, like, you know, tight-fisted. And then, uh, you know, I got to the house, and, uh, you know, the thing that I saw, I think you guys have, uh, like, the barbed wire on on the wall. You know, I think you've, you've mentioned this before, that... Yeah. We don't have that. We don't have, like, fenced in. Like, we have little yes. fences, but they're just kind of more of a suggestion. You can really get over them if you needed to. Even
0: your doors are all wooden. Like, literally, yeah. somebody could walk through the door. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, there, in Nairobi, they had, like, the, the glass. Sometimes they would just do the glass, and sometimes they would do, like, the wiring and, um, like, the barbed wire on the walls.
0: Yeah, he's talking about a perimeter fence around your house so everybody's house has basically a perimeter fence and bugler proofing um but in the u.s you feel like you can just walk right into the neighborhood
1: yeah 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 and, and uh past that uh i think the uh the, the first night i was there i was trying to like sleep in the mosquito tent and the uh, <laughs> uh my feet hung off the end of the bed i was a little too big for the bed and uh so I had to actually tuck the, uh, the mosquito net under my feet, and so I looked like I was like in this giant tea bag. It was just <laughs> kind of wrapped around me, you know. So that was that was interesting. Um, yeah. So what was the the are we just gonna do chronologically? What was the second thing that jumped yeah. out at you? Uh,
0: yeah, for me, I think because we met. Um, so Steve and I met at a PhD kind of like the program we were both taking a phd and so the experience i've had is in that context and it was in a southeastern state so um In this point, I will mention that I have since learned how different every state is, because I've done...
1: You you should just say it's South Carolina. (laughs) Okay, South Carolina.
0: Let's be specific. (laughs) In South Carolina.
1: uh, Unless you're going to say something really terrible, but you've already let it go now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I let it go. That cut is out of the bag. But yeah, ever since I... When I first arrived, that was my first experience, and that was the context I had. And then um, after that i ended up uh, in the bay area san francisco bay area and i really well understood how different and diverse places can be so but with that context of uh, my first experience in south carolina um, it was a small college town and um, i would get on the bus so my first year i had no car I would get on the bus, and I'd be surprised how friendly and trusting everyone was. Mm. Um, even in Kenya, people are friendly, but it takes a while for them to warm up to you and trust you. Especially in Nairobi, where I grew up, it's, like, the main city, the biggest city. I mean, there's many other cities, but it's, like, the headquarters. So people don't just, like, talk, walk up to you and warm up and buy you groceries and give you rides. Like, I always had a ride to go anywhere I wanted. I was just so surprised how nice total strangers were to me mm-hmm. and friendly and approachable. Yeah. Um, when they were not asking me the next time I was going to go to Kenya or how I learned English. <laughs> but, I mean, overall, they're amazing. <laughs> they're very nice. Yeah. It was amazing. I was just couldn't believe the community and just like how total strangers would just walk up to me and talk to me. And um, uh, I felt like I wasn't alone, and I even met a lot of Kenyans and Kenyans, um. Besides, just like the Americans, uh, Kenyans in that area were pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, we would hold they'd hold parties, and I remember there was this professor who's Kenyan in the engineering department where we both went to grad school to our phd program
1: <laughs> really, you might as well, you just you know you identified that person you know that right? uh, i pretty much identified
0: it because it's probably the only one in that department. right uh, <laughs> i'm terrible at this
1: <laughs> no that's all right i just hope you were really going for an anonymity there
0: <laughs> yeah and um he had a party for us it was just extravagant and decadent with lots of meats mm. and okay now going to the meats that mm. was another big cultural shock for me
1: yeah i was going to ask you my my, my question uh mm-hmm. would have been what was the the food that rocked your world when you you got to the new country like the rocked food my world rocked, like in yeah, a good way in a good way yes in a bad way actually let's do one of each uh, okay one was of each the, they just like, you were like, oh, gosh. And one thing that you're just like, this is amazing. I can see why you know, there's an obesity epidemic in the United States. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, as far as in a good way, I was surprised how ubiquitous dessert was.
1: Ah, yeah.
0: Because in Kenya, at least in my household, um, we, you know, dessert isn't that sort of staple. You just have your main meal. Mm. Usually, it's very savory. You probably have cake on somebody's birthday. Um, Like, it's not as common as, like, a part of a meal. Like, in the U.S., you go visit somebody and they'll cook pies. Like, there's so many things. The first time I ever ate them were in the U.S. Like, I'd read about them on... When uh, when uh I was young, I read, like, Hardy Boys, and they'd talk about all the food they've eaten, and Nancy Drew, and Secret Seven. <laughs> and they'd be talking about, like, I had a cherry pie, and this and that. And I was, I was wondering, what does that even look like? Yeah. And so that totally... Oh, especially... Your stepdad, Lou, he makes amazing, like, rhubarb, whatever that is. Oh, the
1: strawberry rhubarb pie. Yes. yes. I I had, like,
0: all these things were just completely new. I was surprised, like, there's a whole new world of (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah. Um, And then, in a bad way, was, I don't know, it was more like mind tricks, you know? It's like, if you see an egg, you expect it to taste like an egg. I don't expect it to taste like, I don't know, um, you don't expect it to taste like ice cream. So meats always surprised me. Like I would no, take a bite uh, yeah. of like chicken and I need, I, in my mind, I knew what chicken should taste like and then it has sugar and I would just be like, I don't know, I can't eat this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it, everything had some kind of sugary sauce, like, and then yeah. I learned, oh, this is teriyaki and this is that and this is this, like, it was sweet. Yeah, I just could not, it was not palatable. Like, sweet meat to me <laughs> was just the weirdest thing, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, does that answer your oh, yeah, no, blow my mind, good or bad? Yeah, um, what about in Kenya? When
1: you oh, uh, in Kenya, we were there for our blessing ceremony, and um, we went to that resort next to uh, the Masai Mara. And um, that uh, was for our safari, and they brought out that uh, big platter of uh, roast goat. Um, (laughs) It was was just, you know, it's not a lot of meat, uh, but it's like they just roasted it. And, you know, we don't, we have a little bit of like uh, kind of wild game type of things, but uh, there was a lot of like flavor, like gamey flavor that I really Uh, liked uh, with the goat um, that we don't really get here. Yeah, um, and that that was amazing. Um, uh, so that, that was probably my favorite. And then your sister's cooking, where she made the mincemeat meat, was really good. Uh, as far as uh, the the kind of things that just you know were well, one thing too that I didn't get to try. I'm from Indiana. I love corn, and they <laughs> they were roasting the corn on the side of the road. I like, get you know, they'd make little fires and roast the corn, and, but uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know I, I couldn't actually eat it because it was a little bit of a hazard might cause an issue. Um, yeah. So I had to feed it to monkeys that sit on the side of the road and wait for people to toss out <laughs> corn. Uh, which was probably more fun than eating it anyways. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's see. The What was the... One that rocked my world and one that uh, did not or one like a bad experience uh, with food. Um, let's see. Two bad experiences were... Uh, one was um watermelon, uh, and that's just cause I I, I like watermelon, mm-hmm. but uh, your mom was insistent that I like eat it down to the rind. Like she wanted like the white part of the watermelon eaten and she wouldn't wouldn't leave us until we we tried to eat that. And uh and the other thing too was that uh uh, and this is, uh, another bad experience was that I was, I was super excited for like fresh roasted Kenyan coffee, you know, just right from the fields Yeah, and, and we get there and we get Nescafe, we get like the instant coffee.
0: Yeah, that is considered the high-end stuff for the, like, right yeah, because people, you know, we have so much raw coffee, like organic and people think, oh, this is just common, you know, the stuff that you think is common to you, right. you think that. The stuff that's imported is what people want, but you right. guys watch the main like original stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, it was. You know, we, I was excited for just this exotic coffee and and the insistence that um, you know I, I I wanted just Black Canyon coffee. You know, I want to taste all the flavors. It's got the subtle flavors and everything else. And uh, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, your family wasn't having it. They wanted me to have. The nest cafe, like the instant coffee from the u s <laughs> with uh <laughs> cream and sugar in it,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a thing um, it was so
1: far removed from what I wanted,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so odd in uh in Kenya, most people sort of if you have there's this thing called strumgi. it's like if you don't have cream and sugar in your beverages, like tea or coffee, usually people think, hmm, maybe you're struggling financially and so it's sort of when a guest doesn't want it. It's like why people will insist for you to have, like, hey, we have it. Like you should have it. Like it tastes better. It's not like <laughs> it's not like you're struggling, you know, to have it, right. to, to afford it. So you should eat it, <laughs> even though it's the weirdest thing for me. Even that was like so strange to come to the US and see people actually like bitter black coffee <laughs> willingly. Yeah. Do that. Like that was odd. <laughs> um <laughs> another thing in relation to food was I was so surprised like it was common. So th- this is twofold. Um one of the things that was common that to me was odd and then another thing I'll mention that is was is odd to Americans but to me was just normal. So the one that is common but to me was odd was people talked about their weight a lot. Like <laughs> yeah People actually I was surprised that people actually own um the weight things like where you stand and take your measurements, what is it called? Like Skills. A yeah. Skills. Like people yeah. own skills. I I had never I mean maybe other people in Kenya have those, but for me it wasn't a thing. You know, mm-hmm. like people keep up with their weight and they'll tell you like 61 pounds like they know exactly how many pounds they lost (laughs) and what they did and this diet and this and that and and i just said i had no idea and that was i i just found it like really boring people would go on and on and on about it (laughs) like and everybody was interested and they'd ask yeah what's your secret and this and that and you know like I was like, wow, what, how boring. Look, to me, was like <laughs> the weirdest thing that people would talk on and on about their weight. Yeah. Even though I thought, wow, they're gorgeous. What's a big deal? Like, revacs.
1: Right.
0: Um, and, um, yeah, that. And then on the other hand, the thing that to me was normal to talk about that I realized was kind of a taboo in the U.S. is money. Like people don't yeah. wanna talk about like how much they make what their plans are with money right. and to me growing up that was always just common like we talked about like i i could see my parents paycheck like and uh they'd talk about what they could afford what they couldn't their plans for like what they were going to get in terms of property mm-hmm. and who um who was going to be responsible for what property as in it's just so common to just mm. At least in our family, it's common. My parents are both teachers by profession, as in that's what they went to school for. I mean, eventually they practiced different things, but it was just common. Like, they talked about that stuff. And then in the U.S., that would just make things would get awkward if you started talking about finances. (laughs) (laughs) But then the weirdest thing, too, is you could finance whatever you want like if you want anything you just finance it like that was like yeah. you want a couch go finance it like that was so new to me but you can talk about it <laughs> right yeah what about you
1: mm what's that what's the question
0: what what, what other um spe- specifically maybe like relating to interactions with people
1: oh yeah um the things that uh were common there but different to me and then things that were Common to me, but different there. Um, one was uh, uh, you guys had house girls. Uh, yeah. In the the U.S. and this is kind of a a tandem thing, anyways. Like uh, the U.S. we don't have servants we, unless you're rich, and you know it just like you know people there. It's just a really common thing. Like everybody has a house girl that lives with them, and yeah. you know we just we don't have that here, and so you know, they would just, they'd come knock on my door every day, like, make sure you put your laundry outside so we can wash it, which was great because I think we were on, you know, graduate student budgets, and so we, we <laughs> just packed, like, two backpacks for, I think, the like, couple weeks we were there, and so I only had, like, one outfit. Yeah, um, we
0: could have, uh, we didn't want to pay the extra 50 bucks. But...
1: Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> tight budget. <laughs>
1: Little tight budget. And then um the other thing that was, uh you know, Common for me, but it was not really common there, was that uh, uh, helping in the kitchen, doing dishes, cleaning, and stuff like that. I, when I was there, I wasn't really expected to do that. I was expected to kind of sit there with your dad and have a cup of coffee or have a cup of tea mm-hmm. and chat, and uh, someone would come and do that. Uh, and I think when your mom was came to visit us last Christmas, she was just, you know... Gobsmacked. I was just yeah you know, cleaning the house all the time and, and
0: cooking and
1: cooking. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's usually different. Um, there's typically there's um yeah, like you said, the girls So they do a lot of the work, the housework. Um, and they're there like they're living help. So it's pretty common. Yeah, and then on top of that, I think it's kind of common, especially in certain households, um, or more rural households, maybe now these days, uh, in the more urban households, like it's common for the women to do the bulk of the work. And so, uh, the housework. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, maybe like my mom would be surprised that you were so good at it, like, not just, like, you could bake, you could not just do, like, the basic, like, <laughs> fry an egg, you know, you're starving. You know? I, I can't
1: really bake, but, yeah, so... But, <laughs> like, way better
0: than me. <laughs> I just got introduced to dessert. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I mean, you have an excuse, I don't have an excuse, like, I, I come from a family of bakers, and, uh... <laughs> You know, I, I can't really get a cookie to stay together and hold shape for any length of time.
0: So. I mean, she loved your steak and your hot cocoa and your the certain things that she was like, wow, this is the best I've ever heard, ever.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's a very food-focused podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. now you're, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're just making me hungry. we food. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I can't think of anything out of the top of my mind from the context of like the immediate things that stood out to me, oh, yes, talking about food one lasting this is the last yeah, thing I talk about no, like, talk when about I was cooking <laughs> well, I was so surprised in kenya when when you talk about gamey meat uh-huh. um in kenya we we're used to cooking our beef a very long time for it to not remain tough, but um in the u s the first time I ever bought a cut of meat. I cooked it for that long and it completely disintegrated into shreds. Like, it was <laughs> just, I was so surprised. I was like, wow, you're supposed to cook meat for, like, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes at most, like, in right. high heat. Oh, in Kenya, yeah. you cannot eat such meat. Like, it's going to be tough. Yeah. You have to cook it for a long, like, maybe a couple hours. Like, you refry <laughs> it, you know? Right. For it to be... Sort of, it's very gamey, it's organic, it's like it's been running around all day. Like, we used to have chickens at my house, and sort of, they just kind of, you know, they would hang around the house and uh, walk around the, like, sort of the general neighborhood. And then at the end of the day, they'd come back, wait for you to open the gate and come in. Like, they were just like roaming all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that kind of chicken can be tough. (laughs) To eat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: what was um, the biggest language idiosyncrasy that you came across?
0: Oh, that's a great point. Um, emailing. So, I felt like everything sounded like a suggestion. So, the first time I ever. So, um, I had a boss, we call them advisors in academia, mm-hmm. and my advisor would say something like, You might want to. I don't know. I might say, like, you might want to switch that off so we don't burn their office. I don't know. Something like <laughs> they should say, you must a little, do a that. Passive aggressive there, yeah. <laughs> As, it, it was more of like they're just being polite. To me, it sounded like they were being polite, but I was like, that sounds like a suggestion about something <laughs> I must do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody was so polite about stuff, and I was like, Uh-oh. gosh. Wow. And then, I mean, sometimes it would uh, confuse me and I'd be like, if I have the option, I might want to, what if I don't want to? And then I don't do it. And then I realize, oh, they actually expected me to do it. Mm -hmm. So ever since I've learned to sort of read between the lines, but it was really confusing. Because I get English, I understand it, but I take it literally. Uh If you say you might want to, or you're just being polite, I'm Uh going to be like, well, you know what? I actually don't want to.
1: <laughs> you might want to. that burn down the belly. No, I'm good. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll take the shortcut. <laughs> I, I pass. Pass.
0: Yeah, so mm. that part was different.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: uh, did Kenan speak to you very directly? Uh, what did you think?
1: Uh, yeah, there was, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, uh, an interesting thing of the, the, the Kenyan version of, uh, politeness is interesting because it's, uh, very welcoming and very direct at the same time. Um, it's almost as if you're sitting in an interrogation room and they just keep giving you nice cups of tea and asking how you're doing to <laughs> make sure you're well fed. <laughs> uh, and they're just gonna keep firing questions at you and being really, you know, uh, yeah. So, so that was uh, the the, the Kenyans. They don't they don't have any boundaries. They're just gonna ask you direct questions, um, you know. And I think that uh, like it was right after the 2016 election. We got there, and, <laughs> and, and then just you know that was a whole other topic for them. And yeah, so they were just very directly filtered, me, Yeah. yeah. Um, And the uh, the biggest language idiosyncrasy for me was, uh, (laughs) and and you haven't seen this. This was an old TV show called uh, Happy Days, and one of the characters that was really funny, because after everything he would say, he would say (laughs) "hey,"
0: and uh, like in a Canadian way.
1: Well, uh, he was. I think he was supposed to be Italian, but he really wasn't either. He was Jewish, I think. but, uh, it, you know, it was the Fonz, Arthur Fonsarelli, And, um, you know, he'd always say, hey. And uh, but that, that's a really common thing to say in Kenya. <laughs> Every oh, yeah, time they yeah. would do that, it would remind me of the Fonz. Uh, you know, because it was just kind of, uh, you know, it, it just casual conversation. It would slip out. It's even hard to, for me to describe because it was so, it's like, like hey! jarring. It's,
0: it's like an exclamation when you're... Yeah. It's, you punctuate that as It's usually an exclamation to when you're trying to say something that happened that you're surprised about.
1: Right. And, and it's not, you know, like, I was out of the woods and I saw a badger. Hey! And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, I ran into Susan the other day. Hey! <laughs> yeah.
0: It,
1: it sneaks in a little more often than you, you're really not expecting because it just... It's this very odd sound. It sounds so different hearing it. It is. Uh, it is it, different. Just, it gets interjected in there, yeah. Yeah. So. All yeah. right.
0: Well, this has been great catching up. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Are you Are you going to... Did you want to say more stuff? I...
1: Oh, no. just—it's funny you're saying It's funny that you were saying it. it's been great catching up as if we just, you know, <laughs> I wasn't in the other room <laughs> and you called me in here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're gonna go back to your house,
1: (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's been a while since we've talked and seen each other. (laughs) Yeah,
0: been too long. Yeah, Yeah, we have an 18 month old, so we work in shifts. This is hashtag pandemic life, guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing uh, about um, one person doing all the work, and that just it sounds you know, house girls sound amazing right now. I'm ready to I go know. back to Kenya, and we can Gosh. just have somebody to help out.
0: Oh, yeah, so. It would be nice. You know, these days, it's hard because I'm not. i used to doing everything myself. So when I go back to Kenya, I like, because usually you're used. To, it's easier. Like in in that setting, it's just normal. You uh, when you have a house girl, like they do a lot of the work. But these days, I just feel so weird. Like, uh, you're gonna wash my
1: loads all right let's uh, yeah exactly I got a great question we'll wrap up on um, as if this is my podcast um, yeah you can ask
0: questions oh
1: great Um, so try to get back into your 2012 brain um, Mm. and you've been in the country for one week and somebody calls you up and asks you to describe the United States in one word you don't have to Give any explanation beyond that. You just have to say one word. What would that one word be?
0: Confident.
1: Oh, good.
0: Wow. Do you want me to expand
1: Nope. No, I think just leaving it as just a one-word answer is even better.
0: Really?
1: <laughs> uh huh. You can if it's uh, really bothering. I feel you. like
0: that <laughs> deserves a qualification. Like, okay. that's it? You don't want me to say anything?
1: No, um, it's your show. You say whatever you want. Okay, so. I I, I can't put limitations on you.
0: (laughs) Like, I was, I think I was very inspired by, when I was in class, Um, I was very shy. No, it's not like I was shy. I think I had more of, like, if I wasn't sure about something, um, I remember when we were doing, like, the, um, our PhD classes, the first two years, uh, people would just be, yeah, this is just my opinion. I'm not sure. And they, like, very confidently speak their minds about stuff they're maybe, like, 10% sure about. <laughs> and that, to me, the first week was different, <laughs> very different. Um, and then also, I think Americans have this, like, signature confidence. And so I I like that. And, I, yeah, that renewed, like, that sort of inspired me to be more sort of speak speak up speak your mind and just you know if you don't know you don't know but you have an opinion like everybody has an opinion in the (laughs) aos and they'll share it and
1: they will yeah that's that (laughs) thing
0: yeah it's interesting so i think Mm. that's my my first trick would have been people are confident and i think that's part of also being friendly like you're confident that if You approach someone, a random stranger, and say, Wow, where like I always wear this like African garb, like my uh bangles and like my bracelets. You call them bracelets, oh, yeah, you're very lovely. People, people would sh- uh, show up at the bus, like just on the bus, a random stranger, like, Huh, you'd look like you're not from here, uh, because of your bracelets. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's. I feel like that's just. You have to be confident to just walk up to someone <laughs> and say that. Uh, and this it's is like funny. Childlike, I like it.
1: Well, it's funny because now I, I see people that I know that they're African or I'll hear a have been their accent, and I I, I just, I, I have to ask, like, oh, where are you from? Because, yeah, you know, I want to start speaking Swahili and say, oh, my wife's from Kenya. <laughs> and I, I don't really want the conversation to continue. I just want to be like, oh, yeah, I know where you're from, and I recognize your accent. I can tell
0: your accent, yeah. Yeah,
1: and that, that's really where I want the conversation to end, but, uh, yeah, so now I become that person you're talking about, like, oh, where are you from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: all right that has been our um we're sharing just like our different experiences now we've converged um and so yeah if you have any experiences if you've you're someone who's moved into the u.s and you have any experiences yeah don't hesitate to reach out to us um the email is grace kisirkoi at gmail.com or you can also reach us at grace.kisirkoi at money i will also leave that on the uh, show notes so that you can have that um yeah subscribe also comment just reach out to us and let us know what you think thank you guys and i hope you have a great day If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership.